Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's Wednesday. It's time to run down everything that happened in the pro wrestling world in the last seven days. But before we do that, my gosh, do I have the interview to end all interviews. If you don't know, Slammiversary 15, the big impact wrestling show, goes down on July 2nd in the US. If you're a UK listener, you can see it on Spike UK uh, Monday night, so July the 3rd. I think it's on 9 p.m. For free. For free. You don't even have to pay for it. If you're in America, you have to pay for it as a pay-per-view. But then, you know, you don't have to wait 24 hours either. So, you know, that's how life works. You pay for something now, and then 24 hours later, you get it for free. But given all that, and given Impact's recent rebranding, and, you know, all the news that came out of that over the last few months, I reached out to to the company, and I reached out to Jeff Jarrett, and can you believe it, the man himself said... He would love to do an interview for the show, which I'm very flattered about. So I did uh, chat to Jeff Jarrett earlier today, hence why the podcast is going up a bit late if you are listening to this on Wednesday. But that's it. No further ado. That's what, you, that's what you've uh, downloaded this, this episode for. That's what's in the title. So here it is. Straight into it. Here's my chat with Impact Wrestling's president. I think he's the president. Either way, he's like the top guy. Mr. Jeff Jarrett. Well, I guess my first question is, you know, here we are. We're a few months into the, uh, into the rebranding of Impact. You know, it's a brand new start for the company. I mean, how do you feel the process has been? And are you pleased with, uh, you know, the current lay of the land? Well, you know, you, you can never be 100% pleased, but, but I'm excited and optimistic and, and uh, for the most part, very, very pleased. Yes. Um, you know, in, in just, a, you know, when, when you look back, uh, I consulted in January uh, and a little bit in February, and then we decided to, you know, take it to another level. And so really March, we hit the ground running and, um, you know, typical and traditional of the rest of the business, you always have your ups and have your downs. Uh, But here as we sit uh, 10 days or so away from our 15th year anniversary, uh, and I look back March, April, May uh, and into June, um, it's nothing short uh, of incredible. And I'm very thankful and blessed The, the the talent themselves have absolutely uh, just delivered above and beyond, and, and our digital team and our production team, our, our digital growth has exploded. Um, you know, we in your backyard, Spike TV UK, our, our numbers are good and, and, and increasingly getting better. We just got back from India with Sony Six and produced over there, uh, and so there's a lot, a lot of upside going on, and we're excited. And, and you know, who would have thought um, back uh, June 19, 2002? Uh, when we had our very first show that here 15 years later, I'm talking to Mr. Simon via Skype. He's in London, England. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and we're talking about our 15 year anniversary. So yes, I'm very excited and, 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 and really looking forward to slam 15. Absolutely. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, there must've been a time when you thought, you know, you were, you were done with, uh, you know, what was then TNA and now impact. I mean, how, how much of a surprise was it? to get to this point where you're back, you're in charge, and you're trying to make it as big as it ever has been? You know, in life, you not just re- never say never, and you never know what the Lord's got in front of you, but, you know, um, I, I am so appreciative and, and, and thankful that, that 15 years later, you know, uh, my whole family's going to come down to Orlando because it really is a celebration. All the ups and downs, not just professionally, 
but personally that I've had over the last 15 years uh, as it relates to, to TNA slash impact and as we uh, merge into global force and, and, and we move on down the track. So, yeah, it's uh, who would have thought? But uh, you never know what life's going to throw at you. You certainly don't know what wrestling's going to throw at you. No. Um, but, but you know, my family's been in the business 70 years, so I've always learned to expect the unexpected, so to speak. We've already met, you mentioned the trip to India. Uh, yeah, I know you've got some uh, non, uh, non-TV event, non-televised events coming up in August, and we've got, obviously, Slammiversary. Uh, was this all part of the plan for the start, or is it more that you're going day-to-day at the moment, and when something makes sense, you, you go with it? Again, I'll go back on my, my lineage. You know, when you, when you get into the business, you know, um, obviously in, in January, February, March, my, my, you know, my goals were, you know, reestablish is no secret that the brand had some ups and downs over the last couple of years. Uh, it's very, very well documented. Some true, not true, but it, it, it is without question. It, the brand had its ups and downs. So I, I wanted to get basically our sea legs up under us and, and, and then venture out. Obviously, live events is a big part of, of the wrestling business. And we're, like you said, we're going to the New York City area and we have three events in August and we're looking at our tour in September right now and, and, and trying to dot the I's and cross the T's. And, and it goes without question, the annual UK tour, the first quarter of, uh, of every year. Uh, we've already began discussions with that. And so live events and touring and merchandising and, and everything that goes with it, uh, you know, the, the, the pay-per-view uh, business, so to speak, of impact uh, obviously fell on hard times. So, you know, we, we are here. We're re-energized. We are uh, laser focused on Slammiversary 15. I could not be more excited uh, about the big fight feel uh that that the that the card has 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 really developed from patron versus lashley which is two mega uh superstars heavyweights unification belt uh title match uh, you know the the female sienna and rosemary title match uh low-key and sanjay dutt two pioneers of the x division uh two out of three falls uh you've got a, a and i've said this earlier it's, it's not a footballer it's an american footballer in <laughs> d'angelo williams and and moose who used to play nfl they're in a tag match. Um, we've got a very broad international flair with luchadors from AAA, uh, from Crash. Uh, from uh, We've got uh, Noah Pro Wrestling Noah, the number two promotion in Japan. Uh, we have uh, two stars of, of them coming over. Um, and so there is, like I said, top to bottom, uh, a stack card. And, and that's sort of what the business is all about is that uh, – you know, if people are going to spend their hard-earned money or, 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 or even consume their time, you know, uh, we worked really hard on that spike deal, and we can talk about that in a few minutes. But, you know, um, you can watch uh, Impact every Friday night less than 24 hours after it airs here in the States, and you're going to get, get to watch Slammiversary for free, you freeloader assignment. But, no, you get to watch it, uh, uh, you know, you get to watch it on Spike. Uh, less than 24 hours when it happens here. So, you know, all around the world, whether it's in India with Sony 6, Spike UK, Supersport in Africa, Ego, Ego in Israel, the, the broadcaster there, Pop, Fight Network in Canada, um, you know, th- throughout Russia, you know, we are, you know, and you're going to be able to tune into our website. Anybody listening to this who wants to watch it live can tune into the website uh, internationally and, and check it out. So we're making it available as much as possible and really, really super excited about the card. And, and you kind of touched on it there, like just how different pay-per-view is as a beast in 2017. And obviously you've got some companies that are moving away from pay-per-view entirely and doing a subscription service. How, I mean, you kind of mentioned it there, but how difficult is it to, to get the word, not get the word out there, but how difficult is it to 
to promote a pay-per-view in 2017 as opposed to, say, back in the mid to late 2000s when, you know, TNA back then was uh, putting on some very successful shows? You know, it's obviously the, the world has changed. As I referenced earlier, sort of tongue-in-cheek about us being on Skype and it's clear and, and, and you know, that this is how we communicate now. But, you know, you ask Conor McGregor and, and, and Mayweather what they think about pay-per-view, <laughs> uh, they're, they're going to have multiple zeros. We're certainly not going to be in that stratosphere, but, you know, uh, in the MMA world, in the boxing world, uh, pay-per-view is still very, very prevalent. Uh, Vince McMahon, a visionary, uh, he, he took a strategy. Obviously, it's working. He's very successful. He's always been way, way ahead uh, of the curve. And so that's the, the route they take. That doesn't mean that the wrestling business doesn't work in the pay-per-view industry. And, and, and I've always said this, whether it's a, a small show in a small town, or whether it's Madison Square Garden or the Tokyo Dome or on pay-per-view, if if there is a card and the matchmakers do their job right and the, the, the wrestlers do their job right and marketing's done right, if people want to see it, they'll find a way to see it. Uh, and so that that's that's where we're at and, and we're we're excited. And uh, you know, the, the buzz here, uh, you know, not not just in the States, in the UK, uh, I know our PR agency over there has just been just smashed with success, uh, I mean, uh, w w with requests to do promos and to, to do the interviews here in the States, whether it's ESPN or, or Fox Sports or Sports Illustrated, um, USA Today, all the different trades, uh, you know, with D'Angelo Williams, the American footballer, and Patron and his father, Dos Caros, you know, arguably, uh, you know, one of the most three famous luchadors of all time. He's going to be in the corner of his son. So there, there's a lot of different uh, PR slants to this, uh, a great buzz going on. And so uh, your question was, how do you, how do you, what's the challenge? Absolutely, it's a challenge, but I think we're up to it. And um, uh, our effort across the board, whether it's marketing, whether it's digital, whether it's our production team, uh, administrative, everybody's rowing in the same direction. And I think that's a huge, huge part of things. And so uh, we're, we're going to do our very, very best. And at the end of the day, back in 2002 and 2003, 2004, the rabid at that time they were T, you know, we were TNA. The rabid fan base is what carried us, and and I can just get that. Uh, I can feel the groundswell of, of that type of emotion uh, of, of really coming back in the UK as well. Is TNA and Impact has always had an incredible, incredible following. And you mentioned the spike you take the UK deal. How important was that? for the company as a whole to make sure you sorted and make sure that you were getting, you know, the UK fans able to see impact as close as it is in America. It's, it's paramount. I mean, it was without question, um, uh, you know, I don't want to say just priority one, but it was right at the top of my list. I understand that, you know, the North American market or, or the U S market, you know, it's the biggest, it, it, it's traditionally been over the years, whether, you know, uh, in, in, in the United Kingdom sky, you know, WWE is an export, uh, obviously, we've got partnerships in India, but 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 right now the U.S. the U.K. independent scene is red hot, mm. uh, and India, you know, all of these international markets are very very important. And what what was so unique about our situation with Spike UK, they were looking for a, a you know not just a flagship show but a flagship brand. Um, I, as you know, they're obviously new to the market or relatively new, uh, and so we sort of came together, and that's what made the deal so pretty much seamless and, 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 you know, quite frankly, earth shatteringly quickly. Uh, yeah. We were on the air in, on the air in April and, and we came out great numbers and they continue to climb. 
no secret, we've had a few hiccups. Those are our rearview mirror, but we're excited. We, we really are about that partnership with Spike, with Sony 6 in the United Kingdom, uh, and obviously here in the U.S. And, and you know, we're on uh, Fight Network, and, and they've acquired Game Network, which is in 11 million homes, basically 90% of Canada. So we've got strong clearance there. So there, there's a lot of great pod, positive momentum that we have going on. Uh, we're going to be rolling out our own OTT in, in the weeks and months to come. Uh, so uh, a lot of positive things headed down the pike for us. I was, India's come up a lot in, in the conversation already, and that seems to be the almost uh, the holy grail at the moment for all pro wrestling companies. So obviously you were out there, you did some very successful tapings, and WWE is now pushing the likes of Jinder Mahal. How important do you see India going forward for you know, Impact Wrestling and, and wrestling in general? Well, the population alone has always been quite staggering. Uh, but now with the emerging economy that they have, the technology uh, is exploding. Uh, just this past May, uh, last month, uh, for the first time in the history, uh, the India uh, digital uh, metrics uh, were almost on par with the USA metrics. And that just is, is sheer numbers. So uh, it goes without question that, that you know, the, the, the three big uh, wrestling markets are the United States, United Kingdom, uh, and India. So India has definitely moved into the... The, the, the stratosphere of, of the UK. So uh, uh, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And for you as well, obviously, you know, being, being in charge of the whole thing, how, what do you see the ultimate long-term goal for, for Impact at the moment? Now you've rebranded and you've found your footing. Is it a quest for better ratings? Is it a quest for better finances? Or is it just to become the best wrestling promotion that Impact has ever been? The, 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 the very last thing you said sort of encompasses everything, but it goes without question that, that if you're going to run a business, you better have black ink as opposed to red, or you won't be around long. It is it, that is first and foremost. Some decisions aren't always popular, uh, but it's for the long term growth uh, of the organization, like any business. Uh, but you know, as we grow, uh, obviously the world is. You just have to look at Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, and and look at where the world's headed with the, the digital and the streaming. Uh, so you know, we're, we're getting in the, into the OTT. Our international relationships with with uh, Pro Wrestling Noah and AAA in Mexico and, and Crash in, in 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 the Tijuana area and, and throughout Mexico, you know those are very important because you know the WWE has been around what 70, 60, 70 years. Um, they they without question they're the eight thousand pound gorilla, <laughs> but but we are striving daily to be that alternative. And, and bring different brands of wrestling under one umbrella, whether it's Lucha Libre or, or United Kingdom promotion or, like I said, India. Uh, you know, uh, you know, just several months ago, uh, a brand that you're very, very uh, familiar with, uh, World of Sport, WOS. Uh, you know, with our travel logistics and everything that went with it, and ironically enough, uh, the uh, very, very unfortunate situation with the Ariana Grande concert, you know, happened that week. So, you know, uh, God was looking down on us, and in hindsight, if we would have had those tapings that week, it would have been very, very difficult uh, in so many ways. But, uh, you know, the negotiations and, and we're retooling things, and we're very excited uh, about that opportunity uh, that's coming down the pike in 18. Uh, so there, there's a lot of different uh, moving parts, uh, but, but back to your question is, you know, we, we want uh, Anthem slash Impact slash Global Force Wrestling uh, to continue to grow uh yes ratings we want up uh, bottom line yes we want that black ink as opposed to red uh but all of that goes with saying is we want to put out the very best product for our fan base and and we know there are rabid passionate 
very loyal fan base, and we want to continue to grow with them. You mentioned World of Sport as well, which I did want to bring up, because I know the, uh, the anticipation over here especially was huge, and as you've mentioned, it kind, of, it, it kind of went quiet for a while. Do you have an update on any of that, when we can expect to see it? Well, no, I mean, just, you know, it, it's a very broad, but that, that uh, we all agreed uh, that, that, you know, we, we rushed into it, unfortunately so, and it wasn't any, you know, there's absolutely no point, finger-pointing from any sides. Uh, including the fans. The fans that had bought tickets were very understanding. Yeah. You know, it was something that we wanted to rush to market and probably wasn't the smartest decision for, from the outset, but it's something that the opportunities there, we're in the process uh, of formalizing, uh, you know, long-form agreements, can't promise anything, but I can certainly say all eyes are on 2018 to make this happen. I look forward to it. I'm, I'm really excited to see what you guys you guys do with it. Now, obviously, you have been uh, synonymous with Impact for a while now. Obviously, it's in its previous guys and now. But how do you feel this current setup compares to the past? And why, in your mind, is this the best it's ever been? You know, when you look at, uh, again, this is, uh, uh, I hate to say, uh, again, but we are coming up on our 15-year anniversary. Hmm. So you can't really take the last 90 or 120 days and just focus on that. But but that's sort of the question you're asking me. And when I look at that, uh, the world's changed. But when you look at our production team and the output that we've done and our YouTube numbers and our all of our social numbers and our and our, our website numbers, the, Simon, they just, quite frankly, they've exploded uh, <laughs> from what they were uh, over the last few years. Uh, and and that's, a, that's a great marker. Uh, is it the end-all, be-all? Absolutely not. But, you know, every little marker that we have, we're, we're, we're running a three-state, I mean, a, a, a three-show tour in August to kick off live events, which we're very, very excited about. Um, like I said, we just came off India. Uh, that had never been done in the history of professional wrestling. You know, WWE's been in the marketplace for years, but they've never, ever produced Raw or SmackDown, you know, their flagship shows uh, on the ground in India. We went over and did that, and it was very successful. And Sony and Grey Matter, our production partner, everybody, uh, you know, wonderful experience, uh, very, very successful uh, so that's never been done. Uh, and then you, when, when you sort of look at what we're heading into with this Slammiversary card, and I've been a part of, of almost all of them, uh, and, and we were back in the studio the other day looking at the different Slammiversary logos over the years and some of the matches, and you look at a young AJ Styles, uh, and, and then, you know, where he's at today, I couldn't be happier, couldn't be more proud of the guy. But, you know, the evolution of Slammiversary over the years, and so, Samoa Joe had some big matches at Slammiversary. And now here we are, you know, 2017, and you have Bobby Lashley, a MMA uh, professional wrestler, hybrid athlete, uh, on one side of the ring, and you have uh, Alberto De Patron, uh, you know, the, the, the very, very top uh, Mexican wrestler in the world today. Uh, and, and he's got his father in his corner. You know, that, 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 that's, that's a heavyweight match for the ages. And then you, like I said, I don't want to be repetitive, but you go down the entire card and, and, and look at the tag and, and look at the, the, the women's uh, title match and the X Division title match. And, you know, EC3, who is a, 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 a man's man, a stud stud, take it on one of the originals, Cowboy James Storm, in, in, in a strap match. You, you have a, uh, a, a, you know, you, you've got a couple versus couple, a, a legit man and uh, husband and wife against a husband and wife in a full metal mayhem match that's that's pretty unique there's a lot of different elements you know you've got american footballer who's not retired he's an active player who's actually stepping into the ring and i've seen him train and work out and 
he's taking this situation very, very seriously. And I think uh, that's going to be the sleeper of the night. I think people are going to go away with a ton of respect for D'Angelo and the, 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 the really hard work that he's put into this. So we're excited. We're, as you can tell, I'm super excited as we head into Slammiversary. That's the only way to be. Just one more question before we let you go. It's kind of a, sure, a kind of a wider question, but obviously you've mentioned it a lot there, how you know the pro wrestling scene at the moment, it's not only global, but the indie scene especially is booming. And there's a constant argument between people saying, oh, we need more psychology in the ring or there's too much flips and stuff like this. How do you see the current scene of pro wrestling in 2017? And what you know, as a fan, if nothing else, what do you want to? How do you want to see it evolve and change? I listen to the audience, and, and I learned that uh, throughout my career. And a good buddy of mine, Toby Keith, told me on my very first show at TNA, uh, you know, know your audience and earn them one at a time. And so, uh, people do not like change, whether it's um, you know whether it's their favorite restaurant and their favorite items taken off the meal or, 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 or a television show goes off the air. But, you know, I'm a big basketball fan. And when the three-point shot got implemented, what's going on? And then you have a shot clock. Oh, my gosh, this isn't real basketball. And you can hear the stars of the 90s uh, and, and a little bit of the 2000s talk about today's current NBA product because it's just so relevant to me right now. Nobody likes change. And, and you know, uh, I, I have been very keen and very aware of, of the UK wrestling scene, and there's some trendsetters that have come out of the UK. Uh, you look at the Japan scene, obviously, I've, I've, I've been around the Lucha Libre scene uh, for, for 15, 17 years. And so the world has become um, a melting pot, much closer. We're much more connected. You know, my kids can flip on and watch wrestling from Germany, watch wrestling from Japan, whatever, with the click of one YouTube button. So uh, so can the, the wrestlers. And so there's there's much more of a meshing of styles. It, it's much more, uh, you know, some people call it at, uh, acrobatic. I call it athletic. Hmm. Uh, there, there's much more of a high intensity. Um, I'll call it that, uh, you know, I don't want to call it small guys because that that's a that's a negative connotation but but the 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 more athletic guys that that have more dexterity more agility maybe not as much strength uh, they're coming to the forefront so uh there's there's a lot of upside i'm i'm thrilled to death is the short answer at all the different styles that are all coming together and you know you see a guy like moose climb to the top rope and do a moonsault that's pretty damn impressive a six six former nfl player uh, that has that kind of agility. So I, I, I welcome all the different styles coming together. Absolutely. I coun't agree with you more. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Slamversary goes down, obviously, Sunday, 2nd of July. And all the best with it. I appreciate it. And tune in to your fans. Well, I'm sure you've got a few fans, Simon, outside <laughs> the UK. Outside the UK. But no, we're on Spike uh, Monday night, uh, July 3rd, 9 p.m. So I appreciate your support. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, maybe when I make a trip across the pond, uh, we'll get to uh, meet up for a cup of coffee. I would love that. I look forward to it. Hopefully it won't be as hot as it is now either. Cheers. Genuinely can't thank Jeff enough for his time. Had a really good chat with him. A really nice guy. Really open. Really candid. You know, we chatted about World of Sport. We chatted about Impact Wrestling. Chatted about WWE. And so, yeah, I mean, as we've always said, the uh, the greatest thing in the world that could happen to the world of pro wrestling is the Impact, you know, continues on with this momentum it uh, gets bigger, you know, gets as big as it can possibly be because the more competition we have, the more creative everybody else has to be. And given wrestling is booming right now, why wouldn't we want more wrestling companies doing well? And even it was TNA wanted it to do well. A lot of good came out of TNA. A lot of good. AJ Styles, Broken Matt Hardy, Bobby Roode, James Storm, Beer Money, Eric Young, Abyss, Samoa Joe. 
Christopher Daniels. Could do it all day, but we won't. The point being that uh, I'm glad it's still going. And again, thank you very much, Jeff Jarrett, for your time. And Slammiversary 15 goes down July 2nd if you're in the States, July 3rd if you want to watch it like a freeloader on, on Spike UK. Now, what a week it has been for pro wrestling. A lot went down. The Money in the Bank pay-per-view genuinely caused a lot of controversy that, you know, it's still kind of the fallout is still really going on now because on SmackDown we had it all shuffled up again. We'll just start there. There's no point There's no point wasting uh, any more time. That does remind me, though, if you do go and join the Facebook group, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, a search for that on Facebook, a lovely man on there has started the official Predictions League. I hope that he's put mine in there now. Last time I checked, I hadn't gone in. I, mean, I didn't do very well off Money in the Bank, but still, I want to be involved, so hopefully my uh, stats have been put in so you can see where I am in the league. But if you want to be part of the, of the official league, make sure you go find the thread... Um, on the Facebook group, just leave a comment below and you can join. And I'm sure we can come up with some kind of prize or something for the winner. Maybe we go to the end of the year. I think they've got rules in place, but definitely check that out. Uh, please do keep supporting the podcast at patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Had a few new patrons this week. Always warms my cockles. Uh, the problem with Hulk Hogan exclusive podcast goes up this week too, so keep an eye out for that. It's all recorded. I've just got to edit it down. But I did another interview today for next week's podcast with another big wrestling name. So that kind of sucked away my day. And obviously, at Twitter, at Simon316, please do go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Leave us a review. Put us up the rankings. Keep getting people to listen. And tell your friends. Go on Reddit. Go on Twitter. Go on Facebook. Go whatever. Just, you know, on this hot, hot day, let's see how many people we can get listening to the podcast. But money in the bank. I mean, if you don't know what happened because you decided that you'd like to uh, live under a rock for the last few days... Carmella did technically win the money in the bank, but she won it after James Ellsworth climbed the ladder himself, took the briefcase, and gave it to her. Now, I understand you can look at this both ways. And the first is that pro wrestling is entertainment. It's not real. She's a heel. And ultimately, it's not the, it's not the end of the world, is it? Of course it's not. However, for me, and I made a video for What Culture about this if you want to go check it out, I just don't think it was the right thing to do within the context of the match that had been presented. We had promo packages and we had historical you know, connotations saying this is really important, this is a big deal, we'll always remember this. And now when we look back, you'll always know the finish was a dude climbed the rope, uh, climbed the ladder and gave, um, you know, a bloke climbed the ladder and gave the girl the briefcase. And that does have... Like I said, that does, especially in the world of 2017, that does speak and say something to some people where they're going to be like, why, why couldn't a strong woman have just won it? And it is a fair point. I'm not saying that's what WWE was getting at. I'm just saying they should have been a bit more smart with it. James Ellsworth could have picked up a ladder. James Ellsworth could have hoisted Carmella onto his shoulders and let her climb. The point is, it's the iconic moment of Carmella grabbing the briefcase that I think people would want. And I stand by this. Imagine it was 2005. Edge goes to get the uh, to get the uh, the briefcase, and the gobbledygooker runs out, and he gets it for Edge and gives it to him. You'd be like, "Well, that took something away from it." And I understand that's nothing to do with gender, but James Ellsworth is portrayed as a joke, much as the gobbledygooker was. So, what's the difference? That's my only problem with it. I just you never would have done that in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. I know there's been screw jobs before, like when Bray Wyatt turned up and Kane. I think helped Seth Rollins once. But you find me the Money in the Bank ladder match where, like I say, Lita helped Team Extreme or Michelle McCool helped somebody. I don't know why I picked Michelle McCool's name. But that's my only point. And I understand a lot of people hear this and go, oh, it's uh, public, um, what do you call it? It's, uh, what's, that, what's that phrase? Public correctness gone mad. And I look, I hate all that. 
I think, you know, I'm the, I'm the biggest fan of South Park in the world. I think you should be able to make a joke out of anything. But I just think given all the hard work WWE has put into the women's division, you could have just had Carmella win the match and that would have been fine. And maybe this was good in the sense it became a talking point. I mean, ultimately, I don't go to bed and I can't sleep because of this. I get over it quite quickly. But I can understand people's points and I see why it has wound a few people up. I completely understand it. I just think it was a mistake in hindsight. But I mean, apparently, it certainly seems like it was done to pop a SmackDown rating. We're getting, well, maybe we're getting to the ratings now, maybe later. But, you know, the Raw and SmackDown's ratings last week were really bad. Raw rebounded hugely this week, did really good, and held its audience for three hours too. Uh, as I record this, I don't know the SmackDown rating. But it certainly seems like this was designed to, you know, they're going to do a second money, uh, women's in the bank, uh, money, oh my gosh. They're going to do a second women's money in the bank ladder match uh, next week on SmackDown. And that will do a good rating. Because who wouldn't want to see that? And I imagine we'll get a, a proper winner there. Plus, we have Lana versus Naomi rematch. And maybe somebody cashes in as well, which I'd like. Because I just don't like two people walking around with the Money in the Bank briefcase on the same show. They're going to gates it. But that's my thoughts on the matter. I just, I just think it could have been done better. And I understand the criticism. I also understand the counter-criticism too. I can see what people are saying. She's a heel and they're a, a tandem and they're a pair. I just don't think it would have happened the other way around. And I think that's where issues issues do crop up as for the card as a whole i thought the work was really good i thought the wrestling was great i thought it was a real good indication that where we are currently with the wwe product proves that you know the, the talent on there is is better than it ever has been but it was the finishes that were the issue you know every finish was kind of was kind of lame you know, even after the uh, the women's Money in the Bank match, which was a false finish in many ways, we had the New Day versus the Usos, who may have had the best match of the night, as opposed, uh, um, unless you take out the men's Money in the Bank match, and it ended with the Usos just walking out. And I think that's the, th the kind of th uh, the pattern you started to see, whereas pay-per-views used to be, or, or main events used to be, where uh, uh, a storyline would pay off, and now it's almost like, oh no, no, we're going to pay all this stuff on TV, simply because the network doesn't operate like pay-per-views used to do, whereas the TV ratings, they need them to go up. And you really don't want to start teaching your audience that's how it's going to go because eventually everybody will tune out of, of network specials or pay-per-views or whatever you want to call them and go, I just watch TV. That's where the payoff happens. That's free. I can just tune into that 8 o'clock on a Tuesday or 8 o'clock on a Monday whenever Raw is and SmackDown. And that is certainly not you know, something you want to, to plug in to, to people's heads. But I did think it was, um, I, 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 again, it was a very well-worked show, if that makes any sense. But the finishes, I, I like, I mean, I do. Because, I, I, again, if we keep going down the list, Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal, another false finish. And I get it, Randy Orton couldn't win, A, because he's in his hometown, you're not allowed to win in your hometown. But Jinder Mahal, and Jinder Mahal's the heel, so I get it, you want to be cowardly and whatnot. But it was just another payoff that wasn't a payoff. And you think, well, we know this has got to continue. And the rumor is they're now going to have a Punjabi prison match. At, I think it's Battleground, if not into SummerSlam. Nobody wants to see a Punjabi prison match. I think I'm going to do a video about this for what culture? Because I just, it's kind of, why? <laughs> just because he's got Indian heritage. That's the lamest reason to do a Punjabi, just do a cage match. If the storyline is we need to keep the Singh brothers out, which we do, that's fine, that makes logic, just have a cage match, 
Why does it always have to be, well, he's Indian, or he's got Indian heritage, so it has to be a Punjabi prison match? Nobody likes the Punjabi prison matches. And I know a large reason for that is because the great Carly was in a lot, and bless his heart, he couldn't move around that well. But it just seems ridiculous to me. We don't get, like, a Canadian igloo match if Bobby Roode needs to do something like this. I don't think I have many igloos in Canada, but you take my point. We don't have a, um, a Buckingham Palace match. When Seamus wants to have a... That doesn't really work, he's Irish. But okay, if uh, Wade Barrett. If Wade Barrett... You know, we don't have that. So I, I hate all that stuff. It just feels really cheesy and quirky. And I didn't mind the finish so much. You know, the Singh brothers got involved. Orton attacked them because the Singh brothers were trying to attack Orton's dad who was at ringside. That gave the... You know, they, Orton had the match won. Singh brothers put Jinder Mahal's foot on the ropes. But while he was being distracted, Jinder recovered, hit his big move, and he won. The only match I think we had proper finishes of was obviously the men's money in the bank and the fashion police ascension match, if you catch that, and Naomi Lana. So you literally got 50-50 straight down the line. I don't necessarily think that's the, the best thing you want to do. Uh, I thought Naomi Lana was fine as, the, as we're there. I think Carmella probably should have cashed in, given that she probably should have known in the story that something bad may be happening on SmackDown, given that Daniel Bryan was tweeting how he wasn't pleased. But I thought, all things considered, Lana's first ever match not on NXT. She was decent. I mean, should she have been put in that position? Arguably not. But she did okay. She's only going to learn from it and get better. It wasn't terrible. I've seen a lot worse. I thought it was decent. I really did. I thought it was decent. I wasn't offended. I, I, you know, I, I don't... A lot of people have been like, oh, it was a waste of time. I don't think so. I thought it was fine. All things considered. I know Money in the Bank is considered a bigger pay-per-view than most, but it's still not a super big pay-per-view in terms of WrestleMania or Royal Rumble or SummerSlam. I was all right with it. Clean finish. Naomi won. Seems silly to put Lana in that position and make her lose. I never really understand when they do that. But I thought it was fine. I really did. And I liked all the Fashion Police stuff. I really hope... I know we've had SmackDown, haven't we? What happened on SmackDown with the Fashion Police? Were they even on it? I can't remember now. I don't think they were. I could be wrong. But what I know definitely didn't happen is I don't think we've got any more teases that the Ascension weren't the, 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 the tag team that's been doing all the stuff in the, in the Fashion Files cases. And that sucks. To just come up with the Ascension as the people is so boring because who cares about the Ascension? That's not the Ascension's fault. They're never on TV. They're never in storylines. You could argue this was them in a storyline. But I, I thought that was a misstep. I don't think they should have done that. I mean, the Fashion Police won. or actually still called Breezango. But they, they won, which is good, because they really do have a lot of potential. They need to maybe do more with them at this stage to, to really put them in a more prominent position. But they're very entertaining. They're very funny. And I, I think the problem is that it, rather than them lift the Ascension up, the Ascension kind of pulled them down. But still, the skit was very good. The amount of references was very funny. At least they're on the show. Hopefully, they're allowed to continue to evolve and actually you know, develop into a team that can challenge. I know they did challenge the Usos, but properly <laughs> and not, and not as, a, as a joke. And then we had the men's money in the bank ladder match, which was absolutely tremendous. I mean, so many good spots. Everybody involved came out feeling like a big deal. Everybody worked their socks off. Some of the things they did were ludicrous and make you cringe, but I guess we expect that from money in the bank now. The stare down between Nakamura and AJ Styles was amazing. I'd be happy if they pulled the trigger at SummerSlam, to be honest. I hope they do. we do see them at WrestleMania 34, but there's ways and means to get there, even if they have fought before. Everybody wants to see it. The reaction was electric. And you can't imagine that everybody in that crowd knows about their past. They just know that these are, are two big deals. And the fact they move the ladder out of the way and they're like, no, we don't need these gimmicks. That's not what we do. We're AJ Styles and, uh, and Shinsuke Nakamura. We're going to fight. We're going to wrestle. And they did. And I just, yeah, I was, I was a big I was a big fan of, of, of they think they did. Baron Corbin winning, I don't have a problem with that because I 
totally believe that the briefcase exists to make someone feel like a main eventer, to drag them up into a better position. And if you kind of look at everybody else in that match, Baron Corbin kind of needed it more than anybody because they want to turn him into a main eventer. They want to make him a big deal. I'm not sure they've got any plans to do that otherwise. And now he does feel like a big deal. This is like, you know, we just talked about, you know, the the Ascension dragging down the fashion police. But here, the money in the bank briefcase should bring Baron Corbin up to the level that he needs to be. I think he'll do well with it. Like he's a proper asshole heel, which is always good. I was okay with it. I really was. Would Kevin Owens have been my pick? Absolutely, because he's so good on the mic, he would have been hilarious. But he's still got the US title. He still has a, a certain amount of importance. AJ Styles and Nakamura came out looking good. Dolph Ziggler's Dolph Ziggler. No offense to, to Dolph Ziggler. And that was kind of just the the nature of it all. So I think they probably did give it to the right guy. It's all, it's all now what they do with it. It's up to Baron Corbin to shine. Baron Corbin to make us believe it was the right idea. And WWE to, to stay the course. I don't know whether you saw the article that came out this week from a former WWE writer who basically said, sometimes the person that's given the briefcase... They actually have no plans for and, and you know they gave it to Dolph Ziggler that time because they knew or they let him cash it in because they knew it would get a good reaction as opposed to actually wanting to push him and that's not good. So as long as it's treated in the right way and you know he, he's allowed to become a main eventer or use this briefcase to become a main eventer then that's fine. Kevin Owens as well, man, did it. Well, they all took some crazy bumps. Sami Zayn as well, man, did those guys take some bumps. Absolutely nuts. And it certainly seems like Sami Zayn is still being, you know, in, entered into a program with Corbin. They're going at it next week on SmackDown. I don't know whether that's a one and done or that ties into the briefcase. I don't think Corbin will lose it. I also think when Corbin cashes in, he'll win the title. But I was okay with that. I thought it was a very, very strong end to a not-so-great show. We had the Hype Bros versus uh, the Colognes on the pre-show as well. Apparently, we've just gone back to basics with Mojo Rawley. <laughs> he seemed to be developing and evolving as a character. Now he's just hyped up again, but whatever. I'm not going to worry too much about that. So, yeah, not the best, but, you know, I guess the more of these network pay-per-views we get, the quality is not always going to be high. We're going to get diminishing returns just because it's that thing of, well, some people have only paid 10 bucks. And we have so many of them, they do feel a bit like extended SmackDowns. Raw, on the other hand, was a very, very damn good show. As I mentioned, it did very, very good in the ratings. It got over a three this week, and each hour stayed above three, including the third, when they usually see a big drop. So that just goes to show that people were very interested to see the conclusion of the Enzo Cass storyline. We saw Cass go heel. Big fan of that. Execution wasn't great. I think I would have preferred it if they'd done it in a match because I felt felt like that would have been more surprising. Like Enzo costs them the match and they lose and then he beats them up and gives the explanation. But we still got, I thought Cass was good on the mic or at least showed more fire than he has done to this point. Enzo looked genuinely upset. The big boot was nice. I liked it. I thought it was fine. Again, it's much like Baron Corbin. Now the ball is in Cass's, uh, Cass's court. Hopefully WWE supports him as they should. And he can become a big deal. The good thing is, he's not going to be pushed into the super main event title anytime soon because there's too many contenders. We've got Joe, we've got Strowman, we've got Reigns, we've got Balor, we've got Bray, we've got Rollins. So they're going to take their time with it. And I think if you allow him, you know, get the feud with Enzo out of the way, clearly going to feud with the big show, get that out of the way. But eke them out, let him get better, let him find his feet. I think he'll do all right, or at least I hope he does. I like Big Cass. Maybe change his name, definitely change his look, definitely change his entrance, make him feel like a heel. And he also, he has justification. Someone got upset on, uh, about, on Twitter at Simon316 about this. But Enzo is a bit of a dick. 
I'm not sure I would have lasted as long as Cass lasted. I think he would have pissed me off long before this. But like that, and clearly the audience did too because they stuck with it. Uh, started off with Roman Reigns, who came out and made his big announcement too. Said his, his SummerSlam, at SummerSlam, he wants the winner of Brock versus uh, Joe. I don't actually think that's going to happen. I, I think that's uh, Braun returned as well. Braun Strowman, just the, the greatest. Whoever thought we'd say this, but Braun Strowman, the greatest thing on Raw, came bumbling out the back of an ambulance, screaming like a madman, run to the ring, cost Roman Reigns the match, kicked the shit out of him. Told him he wants an ambulance match at the pay-per-view. Great balls of fire. Just wonderful. And I would imagine Braun Strowman wins that. And then he can negate Roman Reigns' you know, desire to have a title shot and go, no, <laughs> I beat you. I'm getting Brock at SummerSlam. And that way we can hold off till Mania 34 where we get Reigns versus Lesnar. I wasn't a big fan of the Roman Joe match. I thought it was fine. But this obviously saw Samoa Joe getting the win via not great means because Braun had to distract Strowman. And I think right now you want to keep Samoa Joe as strong as possible. So if you can't think of a way to get out of this match without doing that, just don't do the match. There's a lot of this on WWE TV. Where they seem to throw names together because they think it's a good idea. But ultimately, it doesn't help anybody. So I wouldn't have done that. I think there's other things you could have done. You could have put Joe against anybody and just let him beat the crap out of them. You know, make him look like an absolute monster. But it didn't hurt him, and that's the main thing. He still comes across like a badass. So we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, there were two very, very strong segments that seemed to engage people. And I liked everything with The Miz, too. It does seem like they're splitting up The Miz and Maurice, which is a mistake. There's no two ways about it. You don't want to do that. The Miz is better with Maurice. However, this new entourage stable with Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, that's good because as much as I like Maurice, she can't do anything in the ring. I don't mean that she's rubbish. I mean, that's not what her role is. She's a manager. She's a valet. Whereas we need more bodies and we have two talented people in Bo Dallas and Kurt Axel. So if we can actually give them a position on the card where they feel important and not like wannabe jobbers, then that's what we should do. And having them rub shoulders with The Miz is only going to help them. You know, I and I, I actually thought the stuff with Miz and Maurice this week was hilarious. He spent a whole segment apologizing to her. And as soon as Dean Ambrose came storming down to the ring, he used her as a shield, broke the grandfather clock again, ultimately got the upper hand on Ambrose thanks to his new partners. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was entertaining. I think Miz right now is doing his best work ever. He feels like more of a star than when he held the belt in 2011, I believe it was. So I hope they find a way to keep Maurice in this. So that hopefully this was just a way to form it. And I don't know. I mean, that would seem a bit weird. But I hope they just change their mind like they did with Lana and Rusev. Because she's certainly stronger there. And if they're having a new stable, having a, a woman in it would be great. It adds a lot to it. Adds, adds an extra dimension and a bit more depth. I don't think it has to be either or by any stretch of the imagination. So hopefully they, they, they get them all them together as well. It's a bit ridiculous that Dean Ambrose's Miz storyline is still going on given it started on SmackDown in about 2004. But, you know, at least this gave it something new and we can, we can keep going on it. The other weird thing is that the, the drifter who was involved last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, has now just spun off to have a feud with Finn Balor. I don't mind that either. It's just bizarre how they change their minds. Like how Finn Balor seems to be the person that just has feuds all over the place because at one point he was taking on Bray Wyatt in a feud and that's over from nowhere I mean the key here is that Finn Balor wins or whatever they decide to do even if it's a one-off match Finn Balor wins but the drifter can come out the other side feeling more important that's what you need for the drifter right now WWE have actually treated him very well like he gets legitimate heel heat people hate him his song thing is quite funny especially now he's telling people to turn their phones off which of course means they all turn them on I like that. I think it's a good gimmick, it's different, and it's dumb. And I'm a big fan of dumb. 
Finn Balor doesn't really have much going on, probably needs to get through the pay-per-view. So if you can give someone new the rub as opposed to just give up on them in a few weeks, then do it. As long as Finn Balor wins, obviously. Finn Balor is a future number one contender. You want to keep him strong. One of the few proper baby faces in the company. So let's not screw that up. But with that said, I'm all right with it. As long as they do, you know, as long as they as long as they do it right and they do a good job and they don't do anything silly, which I know is a I know is a tall order, but a lot of people seem to be very upset that they'd made this decision. And I was like, no, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's the end of the. I really don't. I really, really don't think it's the end of the world. But we'll see where this goes. You know what I mean? It was just like I say. At the moment, it's quite up in the air, I guess, because all that really happened is that the drifter felt like um, Finn Balor had interrupted his song, so he'd attacked him. Maybe they just have one match on Raw, Finn Balor wins, and that's it. And they move on. I don't know. I don't know. But I certainly wasn't uh, I certainly wasn't upset with it. I didn't think it was that bad. A lot of people got super mad about it. And I'm not 100% sure why. I can't think of what else happened on Raw. Am I forgetting something that I shouldn't forgetting? I don't think I don't think I am. But that doesn't mean that I'm not. Maybe we should touch on the fact that Seth... Oh, we should. We'll talk about Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt. Seth Rollins was revealed as the WWE 2K team star. God, no, no. I don't really like or dislike that. I got no feelings on that. I mean, it depends what the game is like at the end of the day. I guess it's nice that we, uh, you know, we have a current day superstar that's now, you know, on um, on the cover. I know that a lot of people didn't enjoy having these legends, or a lot of the wrestlers apparently didn't enjoy having these legends on the cover because they felt like it was a spot being taken away from them. Seth Rollins is fine. Apparently, it did come down to Seth Rollins versus AJ. I think I would have preferred AJ, but. But whatever. But yeah, the real problem is Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt is not good. Or at least I don't like it. It doesn't engage me at all. Like, Bray Wyatt comes out, talks gibberish. Seth Rollins talks in a way that doesn't benefit or doesn't, you know, seem to represent him as a person. Says the WWE 2K18 covers for the fans. He doesn't think that. Nobody would think that. And this time he knows that Bray Wyatt's going to teleport around the place. So he gets the upper hand on him and takes the advantage. (sighs) I don't know. Just not excited about it at all. The problem is Bray Wyatt, to, to a large degree, because he doesn't say anything. As I've mentioned loads of times, I don't hate Bray Wyatt. I think he's incredibly talented, but he never backs anything up, and that's a real issue. Are you excited to see this Great Balls of Fire? Because I'm not. They've still got a good few weeks to go. We'll see what happens. Hardy Boys as well, and then I'm one contenders again. They beat Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows in a match. It was good. Anderson and Gallows seem lost at the moment, which does suck. I mean, what is even their program? I don't know. I always thought it was a bit silly that, um, what's his name? Uh, Seamus and Cesaro beat Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews. There's this constant weekly Raw show where we're trying to build up the Titus brand and then we just put them in a non-title match and they lose. Just don't put them in that match. I quite like the Titus brand stuff. I think it's entertaining. I liked everything they did with Tozawa. I think if it, Apollo Crews could be doing more with it if they allowed him to. So hopefully they actually knuckle down with that and, and make them, a, a, not necessarily a force, but just credible. And we won't even talk about the women's stuff here. In short, we probably need to just stop throwing all the women in the same section of Raw, which they do every week. Every week, we just throw all the women in the same stuff and it feels convoluted and weird and confusing. And they do it all the time. All the time. And I just feel lost at the moment. It's bizarre. So I didn't like that. It wasn't my... Uh, it wasn't my favorite thing in the world, but a good show overall. I'm nitpicking. Overall, I thought it was great. Glad the, the, glad the rating did well. I really did enjoy Raw this week. 
proves that you can do three hours. I know two hours would be better, but you can do three hours every now and then. And SmackDown was kind of the same. The big takeaway from SmackDown was that we're getting a second women's Money in the Bank match next week. Given that they're doing Naomi Lana rematch too, I imagine a heel wins. I mean, not Tamina. So maybe Carmella does win it again, and then she just cashes in. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that so much. I think that would be fine. Uh, Nakamura Zidler had the match they should have had at Backlash. That was really good. Although Nakamura is still not really being treated in the way that I think we would have liked him to be. Just feels like a WWE guy as opposed to, you know, something special. Jinder Mahal took on Luke Harper just so Jinder Mahal could get a win and the Singh brothers could do their thing again. Then Randy Orton came out and went mental. Randy Orton seemed to also suggest he was going to in- go to India and beat up Jinder Mahal's family. But we'll see if he does that. And then Big E beat Jimmy Uso, so that feud can continue too. And then bizarrely, the American Alpha returned, or Chad Gable returned in Kevin Owens' open challenge, claiming he was from the city they were in. You'll have to forgive me, I've forgotten when he wasn't, but he said he'd moved into the arena that day. And then Owens just beat him. And it was like, right, <laughs> okay, why did we do this? Do we have no, we literally think so little of American Alpha today that we just thought, screw it. <laughs> We'll just, we'll just have him lose to Kevin Owens. And I love Kevin Owens. Don't get me wrong. Kevin Owens can do no wrong for me. He is a, a shining beacon of light in all of pro wrestling. But I did think that was a bit strange. That did... Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it confused, uh, it confused you guys. You guys, too. I just... I mean, maybe you enjoyed it. Maybe, 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 maybe you thought it was okay. It was good that Jinder had a match on TV. I think that at least gives him a bit of uh, a bit of credibility and daniel bryan being back on the show and getting that reaction yeah it was good that was you know that that was awesome but yeah i actually think raw was better than smackdown this week and it's not many weeks we can we can say that like i did enjoy the thread through smackdown that all the women were pissed off and moaning and you know eventually they got what they wanted <sighs> i don't know we'll see what happens next week i think next week's an important week for smackdown and obviously, John Cena comes back in two weeks. He's now a free agent, by the way, which I imagine, I mean, I imagine it ties into the ratings, but I also think it ties into eventually this match between Roman Reigns and him, and this just makes it a lot easier. I don't really have a lot much else to say about it than that because I just don't know. I think it's a bit stupid. It makes John Cena seem far more important than the rest of the roster, but I guess John Cena is far more important than the rest of the roster. So what do you do? If that's the case, that's the case. And it is the case. <laughs> you know, he, he, he's a ratings mover. And um, that was my computer going off. But he's a ratings mover, and that's why um, you know they, they treat him like he does. And hopefully when he comes back in a couple of weeks after all his films and filming American Grit Season 2, he, he spikes the ratings and he can do the same on Raw. Whether or not he's on both shows each week or he's predominantly on SmackDown, I don't know. But that's John Cena for you. That's what happens when you build a proper star. You get You get special... You get special treatment. Uh, with Slammiversary, as we mentioned at the start of the show coming up, I finally got to, you know, I made sure I sat down and watched Impact Impact this week. And I actually thought it was a decent show. I can understand why people are getting a bit run down with the whole Josh Matthews and Jeremy Borash things. They do bicker all the time. But that's the same with anything. If you have two people bickering all the time, eventually you're going to get a bit sick of it. But I did get a bit, I mean, a slight kick out of it. I do, I get a mat, I love the fact Scott Steiner's back because he cracks me up. And Jeremy Borash and Abyss, or you know whatever he's calling himself now, and Josh Matthews versus Steiner, it does make for an interesting match on paper. Hopefully they wrap it up at Slammiversary and we can just have Josh Matthews as an IA character and Jeremy Borash as a lead commentator and move on, because it's probably run its course. But I do think it was, it was decent enough. The crowd certainly helped. This was their India show, and they were really into it. And Sanjay Dutt beat Loki for the, for the Exhibition Championship. Obviously the fans loved that. 
And the one thing I did take away from watching it is they do have a really good roster. They've got Bobby Lashley, you've got Alberto Albertron, you've got Moose, you've got Chris Adonis, you've got Suicide, you've got Matt Seidel, Rockstar Spud's on there, I find him quite entertaining. Steiner's there, so you've got name value. Eddie Edwards is good, David Richards is good. You know, for Slammiverse, we've got D'Angelo Williams, who is an NFL free agent, which is always crazy to see that kind of stuff. So, you know, the, the potential is there. Obviously, it's all about what they do on TV. But this was a decent enough show. Like, it, you know, it was very focused on wrestling, which was not always the case. Uh, we had a Sony Six Invitational Gauntlet Battle Royal, which I thought was very good. So the main event was really, really good. Um, and again, it's all about building up the uh, the credibility that maybe they lost uh, when TNA did die and Impact was reborn. And they did. And I think at the interview in the start of the show, Jeff Jarrett freely admitted that. I think they all know where the problems were and the problems they need to eradicate. But I did watch the show. Like I said, I came away. My, over, my overwhelming feeling was they've got a really good roster. And they've got matches that potentially I want to see. And hopefully they can sign some more guys as well. I think that's that's key as well. Uh, the more... The more wrestlers they can sign, I think the better they'll they'll do. But it was certainly nice to see uh, to see Impact in a different environment that wasn't the Impact Zone. I know it looked exactly like the Impact Zone, but the fans were, you know, paid or not. The rumor was they were paid. I don't care. They created an atmosphere, and I enjoyed the atmosphere. And I think that that's the key. But I mean, Sanjay Dutt match especially was very good, and seeing a, a hometown boy win made a lot more sense than Jinder Mahal winning. I tell you. I tell you that, and uh, you know a lot of people seem to like it as well. So we'll see where it goes. Again, there's still there's still work to do. You got to build up that trust and that relationship between the fans. And again, your TV's got to be good. Slammiversary 15 will be really interesting. I'm not sure how it will do on pay per view. Nobody knows. But if they can put on a good show and retroactively get a lot of people talking about it, I think that will be uh, you know a good step for the company and given that they do have this sony six still in india and they're going over there and they got their first non-televised show in in years coming in august and they're going back to pay-per-view maybe this is the resurgence for tna i did it again impact impact wrestling and there's nothing wrong with that like i say watch the show see what you think they're not always perfect i watched one a few weeks ago that was far too heavy on the bruce pritchard and um authority angle stuff but it's been a few months. I'm not going to judge it. It's too easy to judge. And, you know, a lot of people have left. A lot of people have come in. Hopefully that keeps, well, not people leaving, but hopefully more people keep coming through the door. Uh, James Storm is still there. James Storm is very good. EC3's there. Do you know what I mean? They have a very, very good roster. It's just about making sure they use them to the to the best they can and, uh, yeah, and taking it and taking it from there. I think that's kind of everything that happened this week in the wrestling world. I'm sure I'm forgetting... Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, as I always do, but we can always get to it another time. If you do want more pro wrestling podcasts this week, like I say, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Simon316, and you can um, get the exclusive there. I'm going to rant and rave about Hulk Hogan with all the research I've done over the last couple of weeks. And then, yeah, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel where uh, excerpts of these podcasts are going to start going up. Sometimes they're entirety, sometimes they're not, depending if I think they're they're worthwhile. It's just youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Miller Report Rules. As we mentioned last week, I'm, you know, come July is a much bigger focus on all my personal projects, taking a huge risk and uh, actually um, you know, coming to the end of a couple of paid contracts to, to, to hopefully generate some interest and, and finances through this stuff. So if you've ever have wanted to support, now would be a wonderful time and I would appreciate it no end. But I think we'll leave it there. I will let you know, anyone that's lasted this long, the next week we will also be chatting to Impact Wrestling's Moose and he goes into everything. He goes into Slammiversary... He goes into what he thinks about WWE, what he thinks about Omega Ricarda, what he thinks about flips and dives. 
you know, all, all this stuff. And Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. We talked about it all. Really nice guy. He was over here in the UK. Got to catch up with him a bit. So look out for that next week. But for now, thank you for listening to me. Again, please do leave us five stars. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Let's see how big we can make this thing. Share with a friend. Share with two friends. Do all of that. I would appreciate it. And go to the Facebook group, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Join the Predictions League and become a champion. Become a hero. Make sure that you are winning in life. But I will chat to you again. I know we're late today. Next week we won't be so late because the interview's already done. But next Wednesday, keep it here. <laughs>